Chapter Twelve, Part Two of Ramona. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Katie Gibbony. Ramona by Helen Hunt Jackson. Chapter Twelve, Part Two. Clever Signora Moreno. During the few moments that Felipe had been speaking, she had perceived certain things which it would be beyond her power to do, certain others that it would be impolitic to try to do. Nothing could possibly compensate her for antagonizing Felipe. Nothing could so deeply wound her as to have him in a resentful mood toward her, or so weaken her real control of him as to have him feel that she arbitrarily overruled his preference or his purpose. In presence of her imperious will, even her wrath capitulated and surrendered. There would be no hot words between her and her son. He should believe that he determined the policy of the Moreno house, even in this desperate crisis. Felipe did not answer. A better thrust was never seen on any field than the Signora's question. She repeated it, still more deliberately, in her wonted, gentle voice. The Signora was herself again as she had not been for a moment since she came upon Alessandro and Ramona at the brook. How just and reasonable the question sounded, as she repeated it slowly, with an expression in her eyes, of poising and weighing matters. Would you be willing that your own sister should marry Alessandro? Felipe was embarrassed. He saw whither he was being led. He could give but one answer to this question. No, mother, he said, I should not, but— "'Never mind buts,' interrupted his mother. "'We have not got to those yet.' And she smiled on Felipe, an affectionate smile, but it somehow gave him a feeling of dread. "'Of course I knew you could make but one answer to my question. If you had a sister, you would rather see her dead than married to any one of these Indians.' Felipe opened his lips eagerly to speak. "'Not so,' he said. "'Wait, dear,' exclaimed his mother, "'one thing at a time.' I see how full your loving heart is, and I was never prouder of you as my son than when listening just now to your eloquent defense of Ramona. Perhaps you may be right, and I wrong as to her character and conduct. We will not discuss those points. It was here that the Signora had perceived some things that it would be out of her power to do. We will not discuss those because they do not touch the real point at issue. What it is our duty to do by Ramona, in such a matter as this, does not turn on her worthiness or unworthiness. The question is, is it right for you to allow her to do what you would not allow your own sister to do? The Signora paused for a second, noted with secret satisfaction how puzzled and unhappy Felipe looked. Then, in a still gentler voice, she went on, You surely would not think that right, my son, would you? And now the Signora waited for an answer. No, mother, came reluctantly from Felipe's lips. I suppose not, but— I was sure my own son could make no other reply, interrupted the Signora. She did not wish Felipe at present to do more than reply to her questions. Of course it would not be right for us to let Ramona do anything which we would not let her do if she were really of our own blood. That is the way I have always looked at my obligation to her. My sister intended to rear her as her own daughter— she had given her her own name. When my sister died, she transferred to me all her right and responsibility in and for the child. You do not suppose that if your aunt had lived, 
she would have ever given her consent to her adopted daughter's marrying an Indian, do you? Again the Senora paused for a reply, and again the reluctant Felipe said, in a low tone, No, I suppose she would not. Very well. Then that lays a double obligation on us. It is not only that we are not to permit Ramona to do a thing which we would consider disgraceful to one of our own blood, we are not to betray the trust reposed in us by the only person who had a right to control her, and who transferred that trust to us. Is that not so? Yes, mother, said the unhappy Felipe. He saw the meshes closing around him. He felt that there was a flaw somewhere in his mother's reasoning, but he could not point it out. In fact, he could hardly make it distinct to himself. His brain was confused. Only one thing he saw clearly, and that was, that after all had been said and done, Ramona would still marry Alessandro. But it was evident that it would never be with his mother's consent. Nor with mine either, openly, the way she puts it. I don't see how it can be, and yet I have promised Alessandro to do all I could for him. Curse the luck! I wish he had never set foot on the place, said Felipe in his heart, growing unreasonable and tired with the perplexity. The Signora continued, I shall always blame myself bitterly for having failed to see what was going on. As you say, Alessandro has been with us a great deal since your illness, with his music and singing, and one thing and another, but I can truly say that I never thought of Ramona's being in danger of looking upon him in the light of a possible lover, any more than of her looking thus upon Juan Canito, or Luigo, or any other of the herdsmen or laborers. I regret it more than words can express, and I do not know what we can do now that it has happened. "'That's it, mother, that's it,' broke in Felipe. "'You see, you see it is too late now.' The Signora went on as if Felipe had not spoken. "'I suppose you would really very much regret to part with Alessandro, and your word is in a way pledged to him, as you had asked him if he would stay on the place. Of course, now that all this has happened, it would be very unpleasant for Ramona to stay here and see him continually.' at least for a time, until she gets over this strange passion she seems to have conceived for him. It will not last. Such sudden passions never do. The Signora artfully interpolated. What should you think, Felipe, of having her go back to the sister's school for a time? She was very happy there. The Signora had strained a point too far. Felipe's self-control suddenly gave way, and as impetuously as he had spoken in the beginning, he spoke again now, nerved by the memory of Ramona's face and tone, as she had cried to him in the garden, "'Oh, Felipe, you won't let her shut me up in the convent, will you?' "'Mother!' he cried. "'You would never do that. You would not shut the poor girl up in the convent.' The Signora raised her eyebrows in astonishment. "'Who spoke of shutting up?' she said. "'Ramona has already been there at school. She might go again.' She is not too old to learn. A change of scene and occupation is the best possible cure for a girl who has a thing of this sort to get over. Can you propose anything better, my son? What would you advise? And a third time the Signora paused for an answer. These pauses and direct questions of the Signora's were like nothing in life so much as like that stage in a spider's processes when, withdrawing a little way from a half-entangled victim, which still supposes himself free, it rests from its weaving and watches the victim flutter. Subtle questions like these, assuming, taking for granted as settled, 
much which had never been settled at all, were among the best weapons in the Signora's armory. They rarely failed her. "'Advise!' cried Felipe excitedly. "'Advise! This is what I advise, to let Ramona and Alessandro marry. I can't help all you say about our obligations. I dare say you're right, and it's a cursedly awkward complication for us, anyhow, the way you put it.' "'Yes, awkward for you, as the head of our house,' interrupted the Signora, sighing. "'I don't quite see how you would face it.' "'Well, I don't propose to face it,' continued Felipe, testily. I don't propose to have anything to do with it, from first to last. Let her go away with him, if she wants to. Without our consent, said the Signora gently. Yes, without it, if she can't go with it, and I don't see, as you have stated it, how we could exactly take any responsibility about marrying her to Alessandro. But for heaven's sake, mother, let her go. She will go anyway. You haven't the least idea how she loves Alessandro, or how he loves her. Let her go. "'Do you really think she would run away with him if it came to that?' asked the Signora earnestly. "'Run away and marry him, spite of our refusing to consent to the marriage?' "'I do,' said Felipe. "'Then it is your opinion, is it, that the only thing left for us to do is to wash our hands of it altogether and leave her free to do what she pleases?' "'That's just what I do think, mother,' replied Felipe, his heart growing lighter at her words. "'That's just what I do think. We can't prevent it and it is of no use to try. Do let us tell them that they can do as they like. Of course, Alessandro must leave us then, said the Signora. They could not stay here. I don't see why, said Felipe anxiously. You will, my son, if you think a moment. Could we possibly give a stronger endorsement to their marriage than by keeping them here? Don't you see that would be so? Felipe's eyes fell. Then I suppose they couldn't be married here either, he said. What more could we do than that, for a marriage that we heartily approved of, my son? True, mother, and Felipe clapped his hand to his forehead. But then we forced them to run away. Oh, no, said the Signora icily. If they go, they will go of their own accord. We hope they will never do anything so foolish and wrong. If they do, I suppose we shall always be held in a measure responsible for not having prevented it. But if you think it is not wise, or of no use to attempt that, I do not see what there is to be done. Felipe did not speak. He felt discomfited, felt as if he had betrayed his friend Alessandro, his sister Ramona, as if a strange complication, network of circumstances, had forced him into a false position. He did not see what more he could ask, what more could be asked, of his mother. He did not see either that much less could have been granted to Alessandro and Ramona. He was angry, wearied, perplexed. The Signora studied his face. "'You do not seem satisfied, Felipe, dear,' she said tenderly. "'As indeed, how could you be in this unfortunate state of affairs? But can you think of anything different for us to do?' "'No,' said Felipe bitterly. "'I can't. That's the worst of it. It is just turning Ramona out of the house. That's all.' "'Felipe, Felipe!' exclaimed the Signora. "'How unjust you are to yourself. You know you would never do that. You know that she—' has always had a home here, as if she were a daughter, and always will have, as long as she wishes it. If she chooses to turn her back on it, and go away, is it our fault? Do not let your pity for this misguided girl blind you to what is just to yourself and to me. Turn Ramona out of the house? You know I promised my sister to bring her up as my own child. 
and I have always felt that my son would receive the trust from me when I died. Ramona has a home under the Moreno roof, so long as she will accept it. It is not just, Felipe, to say that we turn her out, and tears stood in the Senora's eyes. Forgive me, dear mother, cried the unhappy Felipe. Forgive me for adding one burden to all you have to bear. Truth is, this miserable business has so distraught my senses, I can't seem to see anything as it is. Dear mother, it is very hard for you. I wish it were done with. Thanks for your precious sympathy, my Felipe, replied the Senora. If it were not for you, I should long ago have broken down beneath my cares and burdens. But among them all have been few so grievous as this. I feel myself and our home dishonored. But we must submit, as you say, Felipe. I wish it were done with. It would be as well, perhaps, to send for Ramona at once, and tell her what we have decided. She is no doubt in great anxiety. We will see her here. Felipe would have greatly preferred to see Ramona alone, but as he knew not how to bring this about, he assented to his mother's suggestion. Opening her door, the Senora walked slowly down the passageway, unlocked Ramona's door, and said, Ramona, be so good as to come to my room. Felipe and I have something to say to you. Ramona followed, heavy-hearted. The words, Felipe and I, boded no good. The Senora has made Felipe think just as she does herself, thought Ramona. Oh, what will become of me? And she stole a reproachful, imploring look at Felipe. He smiled back in a way which reassured her, but the reassurance did not last long. Senorita Ramona Ortena, began the Senora. Felipe shivered. He had had no conception that his mother could speak in that way. The words seemed to open a gulf between Ramona and all the rest of the world, so cold and distant they sounded, as the Senora might speak to an intruding stranger. Senorita Ramona Ortena, she said. My son and I have been discussing what is best for us to do in the mortifying and humiliating position in which you place us by your relation with the Indian Alessandro. Of course you know, or you ought to know, that it is utterly impossible for us to give our consent to your making such a marriage. We should be false to a trust and dishonor our own family name if we did that. Ramona's eyes dilated, her cheeks paled. She opened her lips, but no sound came from them. She looked toward Felipe, and seeing him with downcast eyes, and an expression of angry embarrassment on his face, despair seized her. Felipe had deserted their cause. Oh, where, where was Alessandro? Clasping her hands, she uttered a low cry, a cry that cut Felipe to the heart. He was finding out, in thus being witness of Ramona's suffering, that she was far nearer and dearer to him than he had realized. It would have taken very little, at such moments as these, to have made Felipe her lover again. He felt now like springing to her side, folding his arms around her, and bidding his mother defiance. It took all the self-control he could gather to remain silent and trust to Ramona's understanding him later. Ramona's cry made no break in the smooth, icy flow of the Senora's sentences. She gave no sign of having heard it, but continued, My son tells me that he thinks our forbidding it would make no difference, that you would go away with the man all the same. I suppose he is right in thinking so, as you yourself told me, that even if Father Salviadera forbade it, you would disobey him. Of course, if this is your determination, we are powerless. 
even if I were to put you in the keeping of the church, which is what I am sure my sister, who adopted you as her child, would do, if she were alive, you would devise some means of escape, and thus bring a still greater and more public scandal on the family. Felipe thinks that it is not worth while to attempt to bring you to reason in that way, and we shall therefore do nothing. I wish to impress it upon you that my son, as head of this house, and I, as my sister's representative, consider you a member of our own family. So long as we have a home for ourselves, that home is yours, as it always has been. If you choose to leave it, and to disgrace yourself and us by marrying an Indian, we cannot help ourselves. The Signora paused. Ramona did not speak. Her eyes were fixed on the Signora's face, as if she would penetrate to her inmost soul. The girl was beginning to recognize the Signora's true nature. Her instincts and her perceptions were sharpened by love. "'Have you anything to say to me or to my son?' asked the Signora. "'No, Signora,' replied Ramona. "'I do not think of anything more to say than I said this morning.' "'Yes,' she added, "'there is. Perhaps I shall not speak with you again before I go away.' I thank you once more for the home you have given me for so many years. And you too, Felipe, she continued, turning toward Felipe, her face changing, all her pent-up affection and sorrow looking out of her tearful eyes. You too, dear Felipe, you have always been so good to me. I shall always love you as long as I live. And she held out both her hands to him. Felipe took them in his, and was about to speak when the Signora interrupted him. She did not intend to have any more of this sort of affectionate familiarity between her son and Ramona. "'Are we to understand that you are taking your leave now?' she said. "'Is it your purpose to go at once?' "'I do not know, Signora,' stammered Ramona. "'I have not seen Alessandro. I have not heard.' And she looked up in distress at Felipe, who answered compassionately. "'Alessandro has gone.' "'Gone!' shrieked Ramona. "'Gone!' "'Not gone, Felipe.' "'Only for four days,' replied Felipe. "'To Temecula. I thought it would be better for him to be away for a day or two. He is to come back immediately. Perhaps he will be back day after tomorrow.' "'Did he want to go? What did he go for? Why didn't you let me go with him? Oh, why, why did he go?' cried Ramona. "'He went because my son told him to go,' broke in the Signora impatient of this scene, and of the sympathy she saw struggling in Felipe's expressive features. My son thought, and rightly, that the sight of him would be more than I could bear just now, so he ordered him to go away, and Alessandro obeyed. Like a wounded creature at bay, Ramona turned suddenly away from Felipe, and facing the Signora, her eyes resolute and dauntless, spite of the streaming tears, exclaimed, lifting her right hand as she spoke, you have been cruel, God will punish you, and without waiting to see what effect her words had produced, without again looking at Felipe, she walked swiftly out of the room. You see, said the Signora, you see she defies us. She is desperate, said Felipe, I am sorry I sent Alessandro away. No, my son, replied the Signora, you were wise, as you always are, it may bring her to her senses to have a few days' reflection in solitude. "'You do not mean to keep her locked up, mother, do you?' cried Felipe. The Signora turned a look of apparently undisguised amazement on him. "'You would not think that best, would you? Did you not say that all we could do was simply not to interfere with her in any way? 
to wash our hands, so far as is possible, of all responsibility about her? Yes, yes, said the baffled Felipe. That was what I said. But mother— He stopped. He did not know what he wanted to say. The senora looked tenderly at him, her face full of anxious inquiry. What is it, Felipe, dear? Is there anything more you think I ought to say or do? she asked. What is it you are going to do, mother? said Felipe. I don't seem to understand what you are going to do. Nothing, Felipe. You have entirely convinced me that all effort would be thrown away. I shall do nothing, replied the senora. Nothing whatever. Then as long as Ramona is here, everything will be just as it always has been, said Felipe. The senora smiled sadly. Dear Felipe, do you think that possible? A girl who has announced her determination to disobey not only you and me, but Father Salviadera, who is going to bring disgrace both on the Moreno and the Ortenia name, we can't feel exactly the same toward her as we did before, can we? Felipe made an impatient gesture. No, of course not. But I mean, is everything to be just the same, outwardly, as it was before? I suppose so, said the senora. Was that not your idea? We must try to have it so, I think. Do not you? Yes, groaned Felipe. If we can. End of chapter 12, part 2